Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is Josh Elmore. Uh, he's done a couple of different things, but one of the things that he does is he is an EOS implementer. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a few moments, uh, but he is also a fractional integrator. So he can come in and help a business at, on a part-time or temporary basis to get that integrator position going and get things functioning. So we're going to talk a little bit about leadership, about implementation, about EOS, and about all those things coming up. It's all about business ideas, practices, and strategies. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. All right, Josh, welcome to the podcast. So cool thing is you have been a listener of the podcast, a promoter of the podcast, and now you're a guest of the podcast. So That's surreal. And Christmas came early this year. I mean, it's 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 really something to be a guest on the Coffee Break <laughs> It's going to go on my next business card. Uh, I mean, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, so thank you for being here today. You uh, come recommended and a connection point for several other guests that have been on. Um, Eileen Stevens, uh, who, was, who did a fantastic. Let me tell you what, when, when Eileen was here, and this is a good reference for anybody that's listening to this right now, you should go back and, and find that podcast. Or there's actually two podcast yeah. episodes uh, where she did the culture index and kind of basically just just came in here and read our read our uh, diaries. Souls. Oh, man. <laughs> Sticking in the deep water. It was crazy. At the <laughs> end of the recording, there were four or five of our people from our te- our leadership team that actually mm. took the index. We're all standing around, and she was just kind of, you know, reading everybody out, and they were just like, Whoa. who is this lady? Yeah. You know? She's got a crystal ball somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes, something's going on. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, one guy was like, who is this? Who is this lady, and how does she know all this information? But anyway, it's, it's very good, and uh, a, a very – a very intriguing service that I think you know we're we're actually in the process of, uh, of figuring out how to how to get that functioning in our business because that's mm. something we want to do. But anyways, she recommended you. You also uh, are uh, are are connected with Kurt Graves, who has been a longtime friend of the podcast and uh, a, a great friend of mine as well. So mm. very cool. So thank yeah. you for being here today. Thanks for having me. All right. So first of all, we have to do rapid fire, randomly selected questions just to get under your skin uh, <laughs> with unknown point values, and you you know because you've heard the podcast before, then you're probably a little better prepared than most, but... I doubt it. We'll go. All right? You ready? <laughs> I'm ready to go. If you could be in any movie, what would it be and what character would you play? Oh, man. Uh, Rocky 3, and it'd have to be Rocky. I mean, yeah, that would... Man. Why would you want to be anybody else? How could you want to be anybody else? All that training, you know? Yeah. Go against Clubber Lang. I think that'd be legit. There you go. If you could choose, number two, if you could choose any age to be at for the rest of your life, basically stick it in age for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? I think it, it'd be, I'm 37, it'd be 37. Really? Yeah, life is awesome. Just be stuck at 37. Yeah, yeah. It's, life keeps getting better, so I might as well just go ahead and stick with the top of my game if I got to choose one age. 83? It, like, stay at 83 for no, the rest No, that's what year you were born? Yeah. 83 is a good year. Mm, nice. All right. Uh, let's see here. If you could magically become fluent in any language, what would it be? Japanese. Japanese. Yeah, it would definitely be Japanese. I'll bring you behind the door a little bit on my right. like nerd. You know, I nerd out on anime a good bit, so I wouldn't have to read subtitles anymore. 
<laughs> I mean, I'd just be able to watch. It would <laughs> save so much time. All right, that's a it's if that's the reason for it. I mean, I would just want to go so I could order Japanese food in Ooh, a, in a Japanese restaurant. people's minds, like yeah. see what happens when you order sushi, like in Japanese. So there's a couple of videos. This is a total total sidetrack, but there's a couple of videos that I've seen, and I don't remember what format it was on. It was probably either Instagram or YouTube. But there's this guy that is fluent in Chinese. Chinese. I've seen. Okay. These. Yep. Yeah. He goes and speaks like perfect Mandarin to people and just, and just blows, blows their, their minds. Mind. Yeah. yeah. That would be, be great. All over that. Uh, definitely not me. So, uh, number four, what's the worst job you ever had? Ooh, man. Worst job might be the first job I ever had uh, when I was a teenager and I was just pouring concrete all summer. Okay. That was brutal. Really? Absolutely brutal. Just hauling. I got. I feel like I got pretty strong from it, but I was just hauling bags of concrete up and down hills, mixing concrete, getting concrete everywhere. It was just, it was, my life was concrete. I felt like for a whole summer. Well, but it's a good skill to learn. I know. I agree. It's good. It's probably still the worst one I had. Yeah. I've known, I've known several people that have either been in the concrete business or been around it. And it seems like it's a a very transferable skill just of the understanding of it. It's, it's like a lot of things that you can do in any type of building environment, having at least the knowledge of working with concrete is, is, is something. So it's very good at transferring skin off of your body Ah. when it dries. Yeah. I've never had that experience. Man, I hope you don't have to. All right. Last question. Number five. Uh, favorite book and why? Right now, I read a lot. Uh, right now. So this year. How about this year? Can I give you this year? Yeah, I don't know can, if I can pick one You can one set favorite. the rules for it. You, okay. You know this is very, like, <laughs> made up on the spot. Right. So <laughs> figure it out as we go. <laughs> uh, my favorite book this year has been Perfectly Wounded Perfectly um, by Michael Day. So he was a Navy SEAL. Uh, it's his life story. He was shot 27 times at wow. once and blown up by a, a grenade and survived and killed all the guys that did all that to him and everybody else in his platoon. Dude, so he was in the Rocky movie. I'd been pretty much. Jeez Louise. Well, I, I, man, I mean, that's Rocky on another level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super epic. It's right. a great book. So is, is, it's just about leadership? So it's about trauma. Um, okay. So this is a, this is a guy that got shot 27 times and says this was not the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. Okay. So it's his childhood, had a horrible childhood, and he used all of this trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's this can either define me, right, as a person, yeah. and I'm just going to sink under the weight of all this, mm-hmm. or I'm going to rise above it, and I'm going to use it as part of my story to push forward. It's a, it's an amazing story. Incredible book. I like that. We, uh, we've had a couple of, uh, just, I mean, very transparently here in the, in the last 24, 48 hours, we've had a couple of uh, hard issues that we've been dealing with within mm. our organization. And that's kind of the thing that we try to fall back to is it could be worse. Like, yeah. there, there's, you know, or we have gone through worse than this before, so we'll make it through. But I would say that uh, we're better off than being shot 27 times yeah. simultaneously. That's what I, I kind of have that number in my head now. It's like 27. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get shot 27 yeah, times. Yeah. As, as long as I didn't get shot 27 times, I think uh, I think I'm doing pretty well. Well, very good. You you pass rapid fire. We're going to give you a score 814. How about That's that? Awesome. It's like where am I on the scoreboard? Now? I have no clue, Josh. Oh, I don't man. keep up with any of this stuff. I I'm just... going to have to go back and watch all the episodes now <laughs> and figure out and like measure myself up. It's completely made up as we go. <laughs> uh, very cool. All right, so let's let's kind of jump into some of the conversation here. Um, one, so in my uh, in my. Uh, 
deep dive on your background. I've, I looked at your Instagram, your LinkedIn, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, I am. That's good. That's all my. That's my life out there. So transferring the concrete over, it seems like you're you're big into lifting weights and and throwing those types of things around. Is that is that was that a, a good leading point for you? Is yeah, to, that'd be accurate. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be accurate. <laughs> no, a little bit of no, no, I, started, uh, I found fitness in my freshman year of high school. Mm. So when I started high school, I was 97 pounds. Wow. Like soaking wet. Yeah. I started wrestling and like would weigh in with all my clothes on for yeah. 103. Mm. Right. So I was the I was the kid that was picked on all through middle school and uh, came into high school at just, you know, st- skin and bones. 97 pounds. 97 pounds. Yeah. I'm almost 100 pounds heavier than that now. Yeah. Which is pretty bananas. But I had a we had a family friend that gave me a uh, Bill Phillips. It was a supplement line called Body for Life. OK. And it was just on VHS. Right. So gave us this, uh, gave me this video. I watched it and fell in love with bodybuilding because it was basically this, you know, two-hour commercial for a sure. supplement line. Yep. But it was interviewing all these people in this contest, and that that video, I watched it like one Saturday afternoon, just totally changed my life because I started lifting weights like the very next. Had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. But just started lifting stuff, trying to change my body the very next day. And you just stuck with it all this <clears> time. <throat> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's impressive. I, I, it's it's neat to see somebody that grabs a, grab a hold of something and just stick with it, you know, long term, and it's been transformational. I can't ninety seven pounds going into into high school. That's <laughs> I'm just kind of stuck with that. Okay, um, so You'll get past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So while I was looking at your Instagram, you had recently posted something. Um, I guess it was is a while back about General Bruce Clark's mm. thoughts on leadership. Yep. Uh, there were some interesting things on that, so I, I don't want to completely unpack it. But um, what are your t- what are your overall thoughts on this? Because um, I, I would also encourage people to go check out your Instagram at the Josh Elmore. Um, that's that's the thing at the Josh Elmore because there's there only go. one. Um, <laughs> Or at least everything else was already taken. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, well, that's memorable. And I, it's on all the platforms. So There you go. Um, so check that out and, and kind of read that that post. But tell me a little bit about your thoughts on on what you posted there. Yeah. General, that's a, it's a free PDF uh, that you can go and download and pull. But, um, man, that was awesome. He's, he has a book that I was trying to find, and I couldn't find it because it it's out of print. But they're supposed to be spinning it up, I think, next year. So while I was looking for the book, came across that PDF and pulled it out, and it's incredible. I think the the lessons I love learning, particularly leadership lessons mm-hmm. from those that had to learn those lessons with the ultimate price, right in blood, yep, and with the ultimate stakes that are kind of up there. So I think those are the sharpest leadership lessons that uh, other leaders can learn from, as far as kind of mentors and looking for things can go, or people that have served. Yeah. Right, and have paid that price, or had guys that have paid that price, or made decisions that have resulted in people, you know, paying the ultimate price. Um, so that uh, that PDF, seeing a guy that was, you know, basically career military, and just seeing his thoughts on leadership and what it takes to be a leader, you know, what are the qualities of a leader, and his like stories behind him are just they'll blow your mind. He has one of uh, he tells one story of one of the one of the aspects of a leader is just conscientiousness. Okay, and tells a story about him. He went and gave an order to say, hey, we need to capture, Viet- like Vietnam was winding down, or it was Korean War, it was winding, winding down. He said, we need a POW. We need to go capture somebody alive yeah. so that we can start asking them questions and interrogate them. Mm. And he did this to Korean soldiers through a translator. So not even U.S. soldiers. Gotcha. And this Korean soldier leader goes out, captures somebody, takes his helmet and his vest off, puts it on the enemy soldier, and they're getting mortared 
right? They're in firefights, and he's running back mm-hmm. with all these guys, and they capture this guy alive. Yeah. And uh, he looks at this guy, and he's like, who, like, how, you know, where did you get this equipment? And he's like, well, it was my equipment. Yeah. And it's like, that's a leader. Like, yeah. That's a guy. Gotcha. That's a guy that's conscientious of the mission. Captured a guy and then protected him to get yeah. him back. And like, didn't take his guy. It's like, he didn't like reach over to one of his soldiers. He's like, you know, give me your stuff. <laughs> hey, I'm going to put it on this guy. Give me your helmet. Right. <laughs> I don't like you very much. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's very much uh, the, the leaders eat last philosophy. Mm, yeah. So there is one point on here that I do want to bring out. And I think this will kind of take us to the conversation um, that, that we'll get to today. There are no poor companies in the Army. Only, Only poor, poor company commanders. Commanders. Yeah, love that. Right. There's no. There's no bad. There's no poor teams. Only poor team leadership. Mm. <clears throat> love that point. All right. So let's talk about leadership. Let's mm. talk about. Uh, let's talk, talk about organizational leadership. So you uh, have been, as, as we were talking about before we started recording. EOS implementer, but also just helping people implement into their business. So yep. first of all, high level, we've talked about EOS. Neil McLean has been on here before oh, talking yeah. about uh, EOS. So just kind of a shout a, out to Neil. A, a shout out to Neil. Give, <laughs> a, uh, give kind of a reminder to anybody that may not know what EOS is and may not be familiar with it. If they, if they are not familiar with it, they probably haven't listened to the podcast before. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. So uh, EOS, uh, it's just systems and tools to run your business on and scale it, right? So it can run without you at the end of the day. So uh, book, Traction, uh, guy Gino Wickman uh, put the system together. And it's you can literally just pick up that book, start reading it, start putting some of the tools in place in your business, and you're going to get some value from it, for yeah. sure. So inside of that, mm-hmm. uh, the Traction philosophy and the EOS philosophy, there is visionary and integrator inside of a business. Yep. Um, now, the, the hard thing comes down to is... Uh, and what I've kind of seen and had conversation with folks before is there may be a visionary that's also an integrator. Like there's so many, there's so many variables of this, right? It could be a visionary that's also an integrator. And typically they're either, they're better at one or the other. Sure. They suck at both, yep. but they're, they're, they're going to be one or the other. Or the business may have a visionary and not an integrator, or it may just be an integrator and they get lost in vision, right? So how does that play into what you do or how you help people with that process? Sure. No, um, I think you're right. Like the having somebody that can sit in both of those seats is, I mean, that's a unicorn, mm-hmm. right? Like let's go out and go find a unicorn. Yeah. You know, like incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rare to have somebody like that. But the, so for the most part, uh, in 90% of the cases, it's a visionary mm-hmm. that has started a business and they're looking for an integrator. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a 10 to 1 kind of ratio out there is what EOS would tell you. You know, for every 10 visionaries, there's probably one integrator mm-hmm. kind of out there in the marketplace. So it's that visionary is here's, here's where we're going and the integrator is, oh, here's how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And they're both entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I think is misunderstood about that relationship is they're both entrepreneurs, right? You'll, you'll find a lot of integrators out there, but they're in franchise models. They're in a just go execute, yeah. right? Like we've kind of figured it all out. We just need somebody that can go out there and execute really, really well. Sure. Um, so you'll find them, but they're already out there being successful. Yep. So usually you want to try to find them, those diamonds in the rough in your organization. Gotcha. You can pull up into those integrator roles. But one, we're already busy, right? As entrepreneurs, we're already stretched thin. We've already got a ton of different things going on. And then what does that look like in the first place? And so uh, I come in as a fractional integrator. So I work with the visionary and I work with the leadership team, Mm -hmm. sometimes even just to build the leadership team because they don't even have that in place yet. And uh, I'll sit in that integrator seat and say it's it's part-time, it's full focus, and it's big impact 
for those companies. So I'll sit in that integrator seat, take those accountabilities on. So I'm going to make sure the PL's on track. I'm going to stay on stay on the same page with the visionary, mm-hmm. make sure I have a healthy leadership team, EOS is happening in the company, helping them through just all six key components of their business in EOS, mm-hmm. just help them grow. Yeah. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home, because it could be your neighbor an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. It's interesting. I I want to kind of back up because I feel like a lot of times, and we we talk about visionary and integrator, and, and from my experience that I've seen and having conversations with folks, it's hard for people to identify themselves because, mm. you know, maybe <laughs> we're looking through a certain set of lenses and maybe you can't really kind of see outside of that in, inside of your organization. You could just be, you know, that, that whole statement, can't see the forest for the trees. Right? Sure. So what are the characteristics that you would classify for the visionary for integrator? And so if somebody's listening to this and they're going in their business going, I don't know where I land in that, you know, I'm just, yep. I'm just wearing all the hats. Right. Uh, right, right. How would, how would you, what are some characteristics that do, that you could kind of filter through to see where you fall? Sure. No, and I think the biggest thing there is just awareness, right? So just personal awareness. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, what am I good at? What am I not good at? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of tools to kind of help with that. Like, again, like we'll go back to Eileen. So it's knowing that it's like, hey, this is my profile. Like, this is kind of what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that because part of that relationship is like you're looking for your puzzle piece. Sure. Right. So not every visionary is going to fit with every integrator mm-hmm. and vice versa. So where so in Culture Index, like I'm a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. Right. So a low A, um, you know, there's probably some some profiles out there that I just I wouldn't jive with too, too well. Because sure. I'm going to want to move fast. Yep. I'm going to want to make all these big things happen. And if they're kind of dialed in and not wanting to let go, mm-hmm. then it's, eh, this probably just isn't going to be super successful long term. Yeah. Right? Let me get somebody in here that's a little bit better of a profile for you. So it's, a, it's, it's kind of a case-by-case sort of basis. But I think it all starts with that self-awareness of the visionary to say, hey, like, do you really want to let go mm-hmm. at the end of the day as a visionary? Like, do you want to just be a genius with a thousand helpers and... Um, uh, kind of the good to great sort of concept. And mm-hmm. if, if you do, that's fine. Yeah. It's your business, yeah. right? If you want to make all the decisions and you know, work 80, 100-hour weeks and be dialed into the details because that's just what you want to do, yeah. then just own it. And yeah. it's, say, hey, this is what I want to do. And it's like, okay, well, you don't need an integrator yeah. right? because you're going to sit in that seat yourself. Mm-hmm. But to really get uh, synced up with the visionary to say, you know, what do you want to – do you want to let go? Do you want to raise up leaders inside of your company? That's, that's really hard. Yeah. Especially if you're the founder and you've kind of built this thing up and you're going to have to start letting go of stuff. Yeah. And it's, if you're not ready for that, then you're probably not really ready for an integrator to come in and help you start scaling and working with this thing. Gotcha. So once, you, once you've de- decided that and said, you know, I need help in this area, so you either are hiring somebody to come in and take that position or maybe it's, you know, they reach out to somebody like you that says, okay, come in here and, and show me what a good integrator looks like, yep. how this process should work and help to craft this role so that we can put somebody in here permanently so it could even be like a bridge. Yeah. So a lot of that, most of the time I, I try to set the expectation of if things go really well, mm-hmm. I might come in and work with a company for two years. Okay. And then I mean, we've either brought somebody in full time, they're going to want to bring me in full time 
or we've identified somebody in the company that can rise up into that seat. Gotcha. And then in that space of two years, then I'm going to mentor them and get them ready for that. Sure. And they might even just stay plugged in and, hey, I'll just help the three. I'll just help you guys stay on the same page yeah. for maybe another six months or so. Here's what, one of my questions on this, because I don't know. The way that I look at things a lot of times is why subcontract somebody to do something that you could you could kind of do in-house together? So if, sure. if I'm thinking that way, or maybe somebody else is thinking that way, what are the benefits of having a, a fractional integrator come in versus just saying, you know, bite the bullet and, and get it done um, from a, from an owner standpoint, why, like, cause I, I'm, I'm just calculating into my head and I, I can see there's benefits to both sides, but from your experience, like what's the, the, the pro versus the con of doing it that way? Sure. And a lot of that is, I'm sure it's kind of similar. It's like, well, why don't we just install, install our own door locks? Sure. Yeah. Right. Like we can do this. Like yeah. I got a screwdriver, like we can plug in cat five cables. Like it's fine. And it's like, well, if you bring us in as experts, it's going to be, you're going to be set up for so much more long-term success, mm-hmm. right? So what you're doing today, if you just want to kind of figure it out on your own, mm-hmm. like you're just treading water. Yeah. You're going to sustain. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to that vision piece. So it's where, you know, what does that three-year picture look like and 10-year target look like for your business? Mm-hmm. And to know that if you want to really get traction towards this thing, mm-hmm. like that integrator seat is so pivotal, particularly for EOS-run businesses, mm-hmm. but you need to get that right. Yeah. Because if you don't get that right, then this whole thing is just you're not going to get to where you want to go at the end of the day. Sure. So pull in somebody to help coach you, lead you, sit in that seat for a while, figure out what it looks like for your business mm-hmm. and for you as a visionary and for your leadership team, mm-hmm. and then have that person help you to find whatever that permanent solution looks like for your business. Gotcha. And and then based off of either what the where the business is situated or where they're trying to go, then that's going to determine how much time it's going to be invested in from a from your standpoint to, to be involved. Sure. Yep. And then it's also the financial piece of it, right? So it's like why are you gonna you're gonna take on this massive expense mm-hmm. for an integrator might have to give away equity, like might have to do some of this other stuff. And it's like, that's just a massive commitment yeah. to make like right out of the gate. And it's like, well, just try it for a while. Yeah. Right. See if this is actually something that you think is going to bring that much benefit to you yep. long term. Yep. And then if it is, then you can bite that. Then you can go and try to bite the bullet and find that more permanent solution. Gotcha. Okay. So moving on to things that you see typically in businesses when you walk into that position and you go, okay, these things are, are struggle points. This is some stuff that I need to address quickly and effectively so that we can we can make things happen. Because yep. I'm, I'm going to imagine that when somebody brings you in, it's not because things are all rosy and, right. and going well. <laughs> so what are the things that are kind of sideways that you have to get on top of quickly? Yeah. Top, there's, uh, there's three consistent issues. Uh, people, people, and people. Yeah. Um, so it's usually always uh, people are almost always the, the biggest issue that people are having. So either the... They don't have the right people in the right seats. They've got the right people in the wrong seats. They've got the wrong the wrong people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. Just trying to figure out the people component of their business um, is by far and large the most consistent issue, mm-hmm. like right out of the gate. Which, by the way, in the book Traction, and there's a lot of other books that kind of talk to the same type of thing, but in the book Traction, um, that is, if you just go in, if you're like, I don't even know if this thing is for me, go into the book and read the section on the people component. Mm. And you will quickly go, oh, oh, <laughs> oh gotcha. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got to. I think we got maybe ten more years of that, and then Elon Musk will have us all with robots. You know, exactly doing everything in our business. But we still got a while to go before that happens. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so people, people, people. How do you you start addressing kind of uh, this is this is uh, the assessment. This is what's going on here, and this is what the the changes that need to be made. Yep. So the uh, one of the first tools there again the the six key components of EOS like they all have kind of tools with them right. Yeah. So I want to see what your vision looks like for the company. So, you know, show me our BTO. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing here? But the big one is the accountability chart, yep. of course. So this is, you know, what seats, kind of how does your business function? Mm-hmm. What seats are in the business mm-hmm. and who's sitting in them today? Yep. And how are they doing? Yep. Right? So starting with that sort of framework gives a ton of perspective on how things are, are how things are working and how things are moving in the business today. And what we talked a little bit about before is the most if you look at an accountability chart mm-hmm. and you look at the functions in the business, there's one accountability that everybody has that's accountable for someone else. And it's leadership, management, and accountability. Because mm-hmm. most people say, well, I'm having accountability issues. Like, yep. I just, I can't hold my people accountable. I have a hard time holding people accountable. And it's okay. So, you know, so how, does your, how does your leadership and management, what are you guys doing for that? What does that look like in your company right now? And most people look at me with just kind of blank faces and... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're talking about accountability, but leadership plus management equals accountability. So let's back up and start talking about the leadership and management that's going on in the business right now. Like, who do you feel like is doing a good job? Who's not doing a good job? What are these guys doing well? And start backing into the accountability piece of it. Gotcha. So that's kind of the the major assessment. So the LMA, Leadership Management Accountability. And then from there you start just kind of working away at it. What does that time frame typically look like? I mean, is it this is a magic recipe? You walk in and, and in you know six months everything's better, two yeah. weeks everything's better, yeah. two years. Like what's <laughs> what are, what are we talking about here? Right. Yeah. I just wave you know wave the magic <laughs> wand and yeah within a week I read the book. Go. Everything should be right. Yeah. <laughs> just slip with it under my pillow like osmosis. Just get it in my brain somehow. Um, yeah. I mean, every business is different. I mean, the good thing about I think even the purposefulness yeah. of having somebody come in and say, hey, we're going to work. I'm going to have somebody that's really just going to help us work on the business. Mm -hmm. I think even having leadership make that sort of decision is already going to start turning gears. Yeah. Right? Because the A players in the organization are like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Like, we need this. We we want this. Um, Accountability ultimately is a performance system for winners. Yeah. Right, like winners and A players want accountability in the business. Mm-hmm. So when they start seeing that, oh, we're making some moves here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to get more fired up and excited. And the people that buck accountability and don't want that yeah. are going to be all right. Well, what does LinkedIn Jobs look like? Sure, because I need to start looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that mo- most definitely. What? So, kind of shifting gears back to leadership a little bit. Uh, what are what are some things that you're seeing, or what are some thing maybe a, a, a an item that you can say, hey. Typically, when I deal with with leadership in this area, this is one thing that I'm suggesting that they do. Or kind of what is that weak point that leaders are typically running into? And, and I know it's hard to categorize it into one big thing. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, like what what is the the biggest tip that you're giving for to for leaders to improve themselves? Yeah. So the leadership component, I kind of I usually like to. I'm a buffet guy. Like I like laying out just a buffet of just different options, gotcha. things that kind of resonate. And it's like, like you like to eat at buffets. Well, I mean that too. Oh, okay. You know, absolutely. Especially during Squattober, right? When it's like the weights are getting moving heavy, and it's like you're just eating everything in sight. I have no idea what Squattober well, is. You but just wait till next year, yeah, Chad, and you I'm can come good. over to the garage. <laughs> 
Um, with with these arms, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, this, that's all legs, man. You're good. <laughs> okay, you're good okay. to go. All right. Just a reminder: you're listening to the Coffee Break podcast. Also, we wanted to let you know that our team puts together a weekly blog post. You can find it at locdoc.net slash blog. It's guaranteed to raise your IQ by 12 points or your money back. So it's pretty much a win-win. All right, back to the conversation. So with leadership, you know, leadership is really, it's working on. So you're working on yourself, you're working on others, and you're working on the business. Where management is more in Right, so it's more in the weeds. So you're working in the business, in yourself, and and kind of in others, much more tactical rather than strategic. Um, but with the leadership piece, there's uh, there's two main components that I typically like to work on. So the first is it's just ownership, mm-hmm. right? So it's being active, engaged, like you're awake, yeah. like you're moving, you're you want to move forward. You're not just asleep at the wheel. Um, so it's making sure that people are just awake, like yeah. they're engaged. And again, this starts. Per, like with yourself first. Um, so usually that, that personal component of ownership is, you know, I start working with people on just discipline. Like what does your discipline look like? Um, physical, spiritual, emotional, um, and mental. So, and I usually try, fitness is an easy one to start with. Sure. Because everybody kind of gets it and understands it. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, how you take an ownership of your fitness? Like what's your plan for that? Yeah. You know, kind of what's going on there and um, if it's mental, spiritual, kind of where they can get traction the fastest, I'll, I'll try to work with them on that just to start making some sort of inroads and start getting some wins and start moving some traction forward. So it's the old uh, <clears throat> get yourself right first so that you can work on getting the, the rest of the business yeah, right. get yourself in order before you take on the world. Yeah, I, I was going over some stuff with some folks uh, a couple months back and, and we were uh, talking about KRAs, right? Building some some key results areas. And I, I kind of had that same aha moment where if you're not building KRAs for yourself, how can you build them for other people or yeah. expect other people to uh, be responsible for certain areas? And so um, I, that's kind of the thing that I, that I have a conversation with people a lot is like, you have to figure out what you're responsible for first and if you can do that, then you can hold other people accountable for doing that. But if you don't even know what you're doing, then how in the world are you going to lead other people to be responsible for doing what they're supposed to do? Yeah, spot on. No, 100%. Well, all right. So we've talked about fractional integrators. We've tra- talked about uh, we've talked about some leadership philosophy, LMA, leadership uh, management and accountability. Talked a little bit about the traction philosophy of the visionary, the integrator, uh, and understanding that. And I mean, we we can't say it enough. Traction is a great business. If you're in business, period, it's a great business to or book, great book to reference and read because sure. there's so much so much practical foundational truths there. Uh, what else? What what else do, are you seeing that businesses are struggling with right now? I mean, we're 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 at the start of a brand new year, right? Things are, and we're coming out of a really really rough patch. Uh, uh, for a lot of industries, 2020 was not great. For others, it was amazing. Gangbusters. Uh, so <laughs> now we're, we're kind of, nobody really knows what 2021 is going to look like at this point. It's it's a 50-50 shot. At some point in time, hopefully things are going to start improving, but not immediately. It's not like we pull the calendar on 2021 and... Hey, it's all fixed. It's that We're magic done. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what what is your advice for people as they as they go into a brand new year after maybe having having their tails whooped a little bit sure. uh, last year that that you could you could leave with people? Yeah, no, I think it still goes back to leadership at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Max Dupree he wrote Leadership Jazz. He said, uh, you know, the job of a leader is to fir- the first job of a leader is to define reality. So the last is to say thank you, and in between, be a servant and a debtor. Mm. I love that quote, and I think it's a uh, good definition, just leadership in general. 
right? But I think that it's that first piece of the job of a leader. The first job of leadership is to define reality. So that's going to look different for every leader going into their business. But to say, hey, we're going into 2021, guys. We had a horrible year. It's not going to get any better for the six month, the mm-hmm. next six months. But here's our plan. Yeah. Right. So it's being able to to define that reality and set those expectations for everybody. And that doesn't that's that's leadership throughout an organization. So if you're just leading a small team, if you're just leading a family, if you're just leading yourself, mm-hmm. you need to spend that time to kind of define that reality sure. of what what 2021 is going to look like for you, for your business, mm-hmm. for the leadership that you practice every single day. You need to put some thought behind that. You need to take some time and define it. And and if you're sitting here going, well, it's already January. It's too late. I guess I'll have to wait till next year. Right. It, it's not too late. Never. It's no. If it's June and you're finally hearing this, it's still time for you're, you to you sit still down make and it happen. Yeah. It's like the you know the the best time to start best time to start working out was three years ago. Mm-hmm. The second best time to start working out is today. Yeah. Right. So. Take it. Yeah, you, you can't change what. You know, I literally had this conversation this morning. You can't change what happened in the past. All you can do is learn from it and make application and apply going forward. Uh, and and understand that you don't want to. If if it was a negative thing in the past, you don't want to repeat that. Yep. So what are the what are the steps that we can do to, to not repeat? That? Yeah, it's just taking taking ownership of your reaction to things. Yeah, right. Not just the. It's like you can't you can't own like twenty twenty one happened or twenty twenty happened. Yeah. Right. Like you can't control that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of if you're familiar with Stephen Covey, so, you know, seven habits of highly successful people. And I've used this a lot this year, but it's the it's the three circles. Right. So it's the circle of control, mm-hmm. the circle of influence and the circle of awareness. Mm-hmm. And it's what are the issues and what are you dealing with and where do they fall? Yeah. And most of the things are just circle of awareness. We spend so much time worrying about that and like keeping that as a focal. And it's like, you can't control it and you can't even influence it. Yeah. So just write it down and put it off to the side, guys. Like focus on the stuff that you can control first mm-hmm. and foremost, prioritize. Then you can move out to the things that you can influence as much as possible. You know, I've never read the book. Mm. Um, it's I, a little long-winded. Well, I, <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've looked at it multiple times and I've always been like, you know what? Like, it just seems like... It just seems like everybody has read that book, so maybe I need to look at something different. But I think I'm going to make it a part of my goal in 2021. Is get that that's done. that's the book I'm going to make sure I get get through because it's it's definitely a, a good reference point. Um, and I, I don't know why I've maybe I just don't want to be a, an effective person. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to follow the. Like, yeah, I just want to go somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. Like eh, everybody's uh, doing that, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, de- I'll definitely check that out. The last thing that I'll ask you before we uh, before we get out of here. Um, um, because you you said you've known Kirk Graves for like ten years or something yeah, like 10, that. Yeah, one of the most three three most influential guys in my life. Okay, well then that sets, sets up Set the question the very well. Yeah. Okay. What's the the best thing that you've ever learned from Kirk Graves? Oh my gosh, I literally, <laughs> I, I I literally have an entire. You have a Kirk Graves notebook. I do. Okay. I'm well, not then, even kidding. This is going to be easy reference. This is yeah. For you. I hope Kurt watches this. Uh, hopefully. Like, <laughs> So he can know. I literally just have an entire notebook that's just Kurt Graves kind of I mean, wisdom it, and It's quotes. a little creepy, but it's also eh, like a... It's not that creepy. <laughs> it's also a really cool thing. It's, it's not that creepy. <laughs> a guy that, you know, I mean, a guy that I spend that much time with, like, I better have something. Most definitely. <laughs> so I kind of a certain that's out there, but... I, well, it, um, every time I have a conversation with Kurt Graves, it opens up an aha moment. It's like, mm, ah. Yeah. So... He's got that gift. Yeah. He and, definitely and, has that gift. And we the 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 last episode that he was on, uh, just as again a reference for anybody that's listening or watching this, you go back and check it out. Uh, he talked about um, I can't remember the word that he used now, so maybe it wasn't that impactful. Um, 
but it was basically um, uh, pushing people in a kind way, right? Like mm. getting people to pass the point of comfortability, but challenging them on something without uh, without causing without being uh, you know a jerk. Uh, and I can't remember the word that he used. No, it's not a gentle nudge. I can't remember what the word was, but uh, I'll confrontational look. probably. That it's is definitely confrontation. Yeah. Care for yeah, be confrontational. Confrontation. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. See, well, I described it well, and yeah. you, you landed because he probably uses it pretty <laughs> regularly. Um, and it was like, you know what? That's true. And that's one of the things that I think he does really good is mm-hmm. you can have a conversation with him, and then he's like, yeah, 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 and a slight smack on the face, not right. like knock you down on the ground, but at least a slight smack. Like, right. It's uh, a nice. It's like a. Lo- it's a hard, firm love tap. There you go. You know, just yeah. Uh, well, All right. So. Woke me up a little bit. Best thing that uh, you've ever learned from it, man. I, again, like I could just scroll for days on this thing, but um, you know, one of the things kind of along those lines, mm-hmm. you know, he said he said nice people are going to look the other way till it's too late. Mm. Ooh, That's, I'm gonna write that down. I nice. could send. I might just send you this. <laughs> uh, I might just send you the whole the whole list. But yeah, nice people are going to look the other way till it's too late. Um, so it's knowing that being nice to people shouldn't be the, that doesn't mean you need to be the antithesis of that and be mean. Yep. Um, it just means that you need to, you need to not worry about being nice to everybody and making everybody comfortable all the time. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, let's get uncomfortable for a little bit and just own it. Right. Like this is going to be a really uncomfortable conversation, but you and I are both going to be better at it yeah. on the other side of this. So buckle up. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Very cool. Josh, thank you very much for coming in today uh, and spending time with us. Hopefully you enjoyed your coffee as it is it the, epic. The, the coffee break. Um, and if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, I'd say LinkedIn. I say super active on LinkedIn. All right. Um, so please, you know, feel free to reach out, you know, slash the Josh Elmore and um, be happy to hook up with anybody there. Well, Josh, thanks again for stopping by today. It was great to chat with you and get to know you. Uh, Thank you again to Eileen Stevens for recommending you as a guest. And again, a big shout out to Kurt Graves uh, as always. So thank you very much for watching or listening today. If this is your first time, well, we would invite you to subscribe. We have a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And the best way to find out about it is to hit the subscribe button. So go to lockdoc.net slash podcast. You can uh, click the links all there for you. They'll take you right to the preferred podcast platform that you use. If it's Spotify or if it's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, the link is right there. You can hit that and you can subscribe immediately for the latest episodes. And we're also in video form. If you're listening to this, you got to go check it out. It is on YouTube and Facebook. Just search for LockDoc and Podcast and you'll find it there. Thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast.